Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Inbound Academy. As always, I am your host, Jeff Lambert. I am joined virtually by Rogelio Rodriguez, the CEO of Risen. Rod, thanks for stopping by again, at least virtually, to be able to record our follow-up from last episode. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm excited for uh, part two. That's right. And leading into that, we do have our part two of our last episode where Sebastian Rusk is joining us today to again talk about technical tips to improve your podcast. Sebastian, thanks for joining us again today. Thanks for uh, having me back, guys. Great to be back. Absolutely. So just to give a recap of what we discussed last time, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about some different factors about how you can really make that podcast successful right out of the gate and talking about more of the detailed ways to be able to approach that. So we started off by talking about some of the factors that cause a podcast to ultimately succeed or fail. We talked about some platforms that we recommend when you're just starting out in terms of being able to host your podcast. We talked about how to be able to record your podcast in terms of an environment that you could use, how to optimize that environment, as opposed to maybe recording your, your episode in a very large room. We talked about better ways to be able to do that to improve the sound quality. And that was our discussion yesterday. So if you didn't get a chance to go back and listen to this, we highly recommend that you do. There's some great practical tips that you can use, and we're going to continue that conversation today. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into it, Sebastian? You know, we had a great topic uh, coverage yesterday, and I'm hoping we can lay out some more, you know, concrete specific tips that people can use just to listen to this and say, like, I'm excited to start a podcast. I can go and do this now that I feel that I have the tools. So, Rod, I'm going to let you lead us into our discussion today. All right. Fantastic. So, all right. So, obviously, I had a lot of questions in my, in my mind after uh, yesterday's exciting talk, uh, but I, today, I want to start off with, you know, what software should I use to record my podcast and, and to edit it? And if you really want to go, hey, listen, I mean, listen, there's, there are people that enjoy editing audio. I'm not one of them. I, I do it, but I, because I know how to do it. And there's a little control freak in there that, that, uh, that, that enables me to get it done. But it's, it's, it, it can be, a, it's like editing video, you know, it's a lot of editing and trimming and patience and trimming and editing and patience. And if that's not your cup of tea, then I highly recommend outsourcing it and or, and, or going with a solution like anchor where the editing is minimal because you're just uploading the episode you recorded and then uploading your intro and your outro too. But to properly answer your question, garage band and audacity. So if you're, a, if you're a non- Mac user Audacity, if you're a Mac user, GarageBand, both of those are editing software, audio editing softwares. I mean, GarageBand, you can, you can write an album in um, or create an album in rather. So to, to be able to do a podcast uh, within it, again, I don't teach podcast editing for the specific reason that I recommend people outsource it or figure out a streamlined way. Like, let me just record the episode and upload it to anchor and add all the bells and whistles around it. Cause explaining how to edit an episode is, is not the easiest task. I mean, again, audio is a lot of drag and drop. So you're taking the episode, you're dragging it in, you're dragging the intro on the second bar. And then, I mean, we could be a whole different training on audio editing, but if you're looking to edit it on your own, bust out GarageBand, go to YouTube, pull up how to edit a podcast in GarageBand and, and have a, have a field day. Same applies with audacity. So if you're trying to figure that out on your own, I would recommend opening the software, seeing what resources are available to teach you that, and then go to YouTube and see who's created content to teach you exactly how to do that. Or just Go to Fiverr.com and hire an audio editor for 15 or 20 bucks and be done with it. 
And to your point, Sebastian, I, I've had acquaintances that I've come in contact with, and they're excited about starting a podcast. They get into the first episode, maybe the second episode, and they get so bogged down by the editing process and getting frustrated with it. Yeah. The podcast tends to die very quickly when they have to take care of those maybe smaller details, unless they're into it already. Right. Yeah. Podcast, uh, editing your own podcast is a great way to get your podcast to go right to the podcast graveyard. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. It is a time consuming process. So yeah. Like we mentioned before in the last episode, we use Anchor here on Inbound Academy. It's very easy to drag and drop yep. your uh, sound files to add transitions and, and to be able to just manipulate things very simply to be able to output an episode. And of course, you know, as you mentioned, Sebastian, there's some deeper options that you can go and teach yourself if you're into that. Fiverr, again, great option. Yep. Um, just to expand on this topic a little bit, Sebastian, can you talk a little bit about in terms of software what do you recommend when it comes to recording a podcast with someone who's on your show for an interview? So in this case, you know, we're all connecting remotely. Maybe there's someone who you want to talk to who's not able to come to your studio physically. Is there software that you would recommend for that as well? Does Anchor cover that too? Uh, no, but um, you can. Anchor just released yesterday the ability to repurpose live streams into a podcast. So that's one way because live streaming through Zoom allows you to go live on Facebook. But to answer your question, Zoom is the answer for remote interviews for now and until the foreseeable future, until there's a solution that comes up. I really think the podcasting platforms somehow, some way are going to come up with a way to be able to have like an interview video series. But I'm, it's probably going to be integrated by Zoom or integrated by Facebook Messenger, you know, rooms or, you know, Skype. Sure. And we're doing this on Zoom right now to illustrate yeah, your point. It's the easiest way to do it. I mean, you're, it recognizes your mic, your headphones. You could have multiple people in here if you wanted to. When you hit the record button, you're done with the Zoom call. Zoom renders everything and gives you the raw audio and video file for you to just send to an editor. Or if you're a lunatic, you can open up an editor and go edit it. Yeah, absolutely. Great Beautiful. point. So there you go, folks. You, you've got the software to be able to edit. You have the software to be able to record those interviews if they're not able to be there in person. If we're going to jump into a deeper topic on this one, Sebastian, say I decide that I want to use GarageBand, I want to use Audacity. Is there anything I should pay attention to in terms of improving sound quality within those pieces of software? Do I want to mess around with things like compression and equalizers and things like that? Do you have any tips on if I'm jumping in and I'm learning the basics, maybe pay attention to these specific controls or is that too much? It's not that it's too much. I just, I, I don't know it because I don't want to know it because my editor knows it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what, what it takes to master a track and to make sure it sounds even better and all the tones are correct. I don't, but I know someone who does. You know what I mean? Got it. So again, yeah. I'm sure you can go in there. How to edit a podcast in GarageBand, how to edit, uh, how to master a audio file in GarageBand. I'm sure that, you know, there's someone out there that wants to actually spend their weekend doing this. Yeah. I'm just not one of them. And I strongly suggest against it because I just know that, you know, editing is very tedious and um, you know, at times it can make you want to punch a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure there's no babies in the room before you attempt to edit. <laughs> yeah, really. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you right. have a whole new set of problems on your hands. Well, right. that's a great point. And that goes back to number one. The first thing that you mentioned, Sebastian, kind of know yourself and know what your capabilities are. Sure. Yeah. And what's realistic. Yeah, or else you're setting yourself up for failure. Great Correct. point. Fantastic point, actually. Um, and okay, so just to move on to the next idea, really, can you talk about the importance of, of using your show notes? And, and then, you know, what should we include in the show notes? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Your show notes are the lifeblood of your show because they keep you organized. They keep you on track. And, and more importantly, they act as a guide throughout the episode, number one. Number two, they also allow you to transfer them into the show description. That's actually what they become is the show description okay. once you've created them. So all you need to do to create your run of show or your show notes is take out a clean sheet of paper, literally a piece of paper or a notebook in your composition notebook, whatever the case may be. And at the top of the page, you're going to write the episode number, the episode title, and then you're going to go down and you're going to put one, skip a couple lines, two, skip a couple lines, three, and we're going to fill out maybe three to four key points that you want to discuss during the interview. These can also be questions that you want to ask your guest. Then right below that, you're going to write notes and a semicolon, and that's going to be an open space for any type of notes because a lot, a lot of things show up before, during, and after the show that you're going to want to fill in the blanks. Like, where can everyone find you, Rod? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Great. All the links are going to be in the show notes to be able to connect with Rod on LinkedIn as well as Instagram. A link to his new book is in the show notes too. Those links are drawn out or written out or pre-written out or you're writing them down during the show or you're taking your notes so that you can then go when your episode's edited and ready to be uploaded to anchor or your podcast host or wherever it may be all you're simply doing now listen i think writing things down we absorb it a little bit more so you can transfer that to a you know a word doc or a google doc or you can just start with a google doc but there's something to be said with writing something down first and having a notepad in front of you and the way we interpret and be able to, to be able to 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 uh, receive information so i highly recommend old school get a pencil pen, however you roll, and a clean sheet of paper, make the show notes. And then when you're done, go to go open up a Google Doc and transfer that electronically, right? It's going to be in your show notes folder inside your podcast folder in the drive, right? So when it's time to actually go in and create the description and the title and the tags, they're already there because the work has already been done because it needed to be done because you needed a guide for the actual episode. So you didn't just talk every which way and you were able to stay organized. Now, another, another, uh, great thing to do with show notes is is time yourself because no one knows how that's you know we're, we're doing part two here because i went off on 95 tangents on the first one right so time management on on a podcast episode is important so you know episode one my podcast had a podcast first key point second key point third key point okay first key points going from nine to nine oh five Second key points going 905 to 910. From 910 to 915, this from 915 to 917, we're wrapping up the show and that's a wrap. And I'm keeping an eye on the clock and I'm keeping an eye on it because I've got 10 o'clock. I got 905. I got a clock right in front of me. So I got nine to 905. At 905, I don't care if I'm done yet. It's time to move on to point two. And that keeps you on track. So the run of show is very, very important because it allows you to plan, stay organized, stay on track, and then ultimately have your show notes already done and ready to go when it's time to play upload. Absolutely. Do you find that adding other information, maybe like social media links to your, yep. your, your channel? Any is that useful information, anything you can include in the show notes, as far as a call to action or to drive attention to your guest and that specific episode, because it's audio, right? I'm on the subway. I'm in a car. I'm on a boat. I'm on a, not right now, but I'm at home. Um, you, you, um, it's audio. So you want to be able to visually give people something. Like if you're listening to it, the links in our show notes. Oh, cool. Let me pull up Spotify. I'm listening to the episode anyway. Oh, there's a description. Oh, there's the link right there. Boom, follow, boom, connect. You know what I'm saying? Because links inside show notes are, are, are hyper. So uh, and not show notes, but the description, the show description. Yes, absolutely. Beautiful. 
So that kind of, that helps people understand a little bit more about what's in your show. You can scan the show notes even before you listen to figure out what exactly it's going to be about. And like you said, uh, tips you want to follow, such as a link to your show and your website, which is going to be in the show notes for this episode. So, right. Case in point. There's some people that transcribe the episode too, and utilize that in the show notes for SEO purposes. I don't know if that, if that's lucrative or not, it could be, I, I don't, I don't know. I've heard of it before though. Yeah, that probably goes back to if there's any babies in the room and if you want to actually uh yeah. well you've got great <laughs> tools like rev.com for you know a dollar and fifty cents a minute you can trans so if you've got a 15 minute episode, it's gonna run you 15, 20 bucks to get it transcribed. Yes. Oh, you know, it's not in the script, but let's let's preach the gospel of Rev just real quick here, Sebastian. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Oh, Folks, if you want to get your transcripts automated, yeah, they're great. We started off using a service called Temi, uh, which was automated transcription. And I'd spend 30 to 45 minutes just cleaning up the automated transcription. Right, exactly. That's the challenge. Yeah. Like, so a lot of podcast hosts have transcription services, but when you go back and read it, it's like, whoa, Rev has an actual person transcribing, like yeah. an actual human. Sure. That's why they're 99 point or 98% accurate or whatever they are. And they are, they're very, very accurate. We use them for all our captions for our video clients. Yeah. Now, Sebastian, let me jump to that real quick. We're talking about transcripting podcasts, which I think is a really important aspect, technical aspect of being able to help your podcast gain more visibility. We're going to talk about search engine optimization, and I know transcripts play a part in that. Can you talk a little bit about techniques and tactics to be able to make your podcast more visible, including audio transcriptions? I, I don't, again, I, I can't speak any further than what I just spoke about regarding if you transcribe and use in your show notes, it may help. I heard that it helps. You guys are probably no better than I would as inbound specialists. Um, but I do know that if you are creating content around what you do or what the show is geared towards and what people actually want and are looking for that just by, by, by rule of thumb on how SEO and Google and how search engines index content could, could, could be beneficial for your show. But I, we don't have any, we don't teach and structure anything. Hey, make sure your podcast episode is titled this. I think eventually we're going to get there because it's going to become, you know, somebody told me the other day, the iTunes store is the new search engine or not hmm. iTunes store, but the hmm. podcast store is the new search engine. And I thought, mm, that's interesting. So if I'm, if I'm interested in triathlons and I go type triathlons in Apple podcast, probably going to find some podcasts about triathlons. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. So I don't think consumers are, are, are trained yet to go to like, my mom just called me yesterday and she was like, how do I find a new podcast? I'm like, you just pull up the podcast app that I showed you and go to the search bar and type whatever word you want in there. And whatever is relates to that will show up. So I don't think anybody knows. I mean, my my mom's pretty well in tune for 72. I think she's, she's pretty technically inclined, but I think she, she shares the same thought process of majority of people like, Oh, I didn't even know you could search for specific topics for podcast. Yeah. So. And this, this goes back to what we discussed previously. Podcasting is such a, a new venture. You know, it's something that's growing steadily. It's still a little bit of the wild west, I think, in a lot of ways. So oh, yeah. we'll see where this a lot of ways, a lot of ways, a lot, a lot of ways. It, it's a good time to jump in, you know, cost wise and just, you know, getting in on the close to the ground floor, I guess you could say of a, a medium that really shows results. I read a quote yesterday from a guy. Let me see if I can find it. It was, it was on LinkedIn. His name's Mark. Metry and talking about his rant. He's not a podcast guy. I mean, he's got a podcast, I think. I don't really know the guy. I know the guy. I know him through LinkedIn, but it was a podcast geared towards um, podcasting. It talked about there's only 800,000 podcasts right now, but podcasting is where social media was five years ago. I know I probably should be utilizing it, but I'm not, but maybe I will. I had a cousin set up a Facebook page one time, you know, so, so there's, there's, uh, 
there's something to be said with where we're at with all of this. I think you know now is the time to do it because it, the wave hasn't really hit yet. It's here, but it's not. It hasn't hit yet. If, if that makes any sense. All right. Uh, so one well one last question for me. Uh, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on how to distribute a podcast to multiple platforms. So I, I guess we could do it. You could talk a little bit about your distribution to the different podcast mediums, but then also, uh, you know, getting more attention to the podcast. Distribution comes in with your podcast host. So you're making sure you choose a podcast host that allows you to distribute as many platforms as possible. That's number one. Number two, um, getting exposure, creating things like audiograms where you've got an image and the squiggly lines and like the, the show, like it's, it's, it's a, an audio clip on top of an image with squiggly lines. That's what we like to call an audiogram. Um, being able to share those on Instagram and tell people to, you know, click the link in your bio to subscribe to the show. I like to have people go directly to my podcast page, which is my podcast host with iCast or, or Acast rather. So if you go to beyondthepodcast.com, it goes right to my podcast page and it allows you to subscribe all the episodes. Of that. That's not a separate website. That's a website that comes included with my, with my, uh, with, with my um, uh, podcast host. Oh, nice. You know, Sebastian, and, and you're right. Like if you sign up for Anchor, we've talked a lot about Anchor. They push your podcast to a lot of different platforms, a lot of different hosts. So people can, you know, podcast catchers are going to recognize it when they type in the name of your show or topics that you're talking about. Uh, you know, I guess a good question to follow up on because some don't. And, you know, speaking to my own experience, when I started my very first podcast, I created it on WordPress. I distributed it to iTunes. I was only in iTunes and I was just just confused as I was learning how can I get this on different other channels like Spotify or, you know, these other ones? And it, it was a bit of a convoluted process. So I guess my question would be, if we have anybody that's starting a podcast and maybe it's getting on a couple platforms, what platform should they really check and make sure that they're on for maximum visibility? Where are people going to listen to their podcasts in your experience? iTunes and Spotify. Okay. Now What's Pandora your- has them too. I found that post. Let me, let's back up real quick. Let me read this post. Guy's name sure. is Mark, Mark Metry on, uh, he's got a podcast called uh, Top Humans 2.0 Podcast. And uh, I connected with him on LinkedIn. And his post said yesterday, saying everyone has a podcast is like saying everyone has a social media account. Don't let that excuse prevent you from doing what you want to do, like start a podcast. I wouldn't be where I'm at without a podcast, personally or professionally. It's a vehicle I can use to learn about anything from basically anyone in the world. It's a platform I can use to alert or inform thousands of people about an idea, suggestion, or service. It's a connector I can use to build relationships with extremely powerful and credible individuals and organizations. Feel free to reach out to me to learn. Okay, forget about that. Reach out to me. <laughs> but anyway, um, that, 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 that is, that's some solid advice right there. Absolutely. You know, that's, that, that, that's a conversation that's happening a lot, which is, well, you know, isn't it too late to start a podcast? I mean, there's already 800,000 of them out there. And uh, that's a very small number. And if you take a poll of the average, like, do you listen to pod? 56% of consumers have listened to a podcast. Right. That leaves 44% of people that are absolutely 100% clueless or, or maybe they just don't know about it yet. Exactly. And you think about the big names that are getting involved in podcasting now for the first time. So Conan O'Brien just launched a podcast. It's been very successful so far. I bet it has. Guy's freaking hilarious. Oh, he's great. I I love him. 
And you think about the amount of people, there has to be a good chunk of his audience that never bothered to give podcasts a chance until Conan's got a podcast. I got to listen to it. And then they give podcasting a try. I think Joe Rogan has brought a lot of people into podcasting that maybe never had tried a, uh, you know, this medium before. We're seeing more and more celebrities, HBO. I was just realizing, have you guys noticed HBO is doing companion podcasts for all their new series now? It's no, but that's awesome. Oh, it's yeah, an amazing awesome. thing. They just, uh, that new show about Charles Lindbergh and, and um, um, anti-Semitism in the United States in 1930s. They have a companion podcast to the show where they're talking about the actual history behind what's happening in the episodes. And they're doing oh, yeah. that with multiple shows. I think it's an amazing idea. And and we are in the midst of, a guy. I said it yesterday, or on our first, uh, the first part of this the interview series. And that was, you know, this is, podcasting is disrupting a lot of different industries um, in a significant way because you can get done with a series on HBO, <coughs> excuse me, and go to the after, uh, after show on the podcast. Th things like this are going to start to happen. I need to take a glass of water. Sorry. No problem. Yeah. I think it's important what, what you had said, Sebastian. Absolutely. You know, we, we look at people wanting to like really connect with the, the entertainment options or the education options that they find interesting. They want more than just a 10 minute clip. Maybe they want to see the person behind the microphone and see video. They want uh, in-person events to be able to meet with these people. They yeah, want we all, wait, I mean, social media from the get, I've always said, I've said this for, this has been my message for 10 years. And that is people want to peek behind the curtain and, podcasting and creating content and going live and videos and showing people what actually happens is being able to actually fulfill on that. Absolutely. And that's a chance for us to be able to, to capitalize as, as influencers in our spaces. We talked about it last episode. If I carve ducks out of cedar, I can start a podcast and there's going to be 50 to a hundred people that really care about what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. I, I just got back from Podfest last month and um, there was a lot of different shows out there. Um, William Hung was there from uh, American <laughs> Idol. And I was like, dude, what have you been up to since Idol? He's like speaking, coaching, and playing poker. Hey. She bangs. She bangs. Exactly. <laughs> he's capitalizing on his opportunity. I'll give him that. That's great. Absolutely. He, I, that's exactly what I said when I posted a picture with him. I said, you know what? Talk about a guy that built a brand on the back of humiliating himself on national television. William Hung did it. Absolutely. It's uh it's a powerful testament to what you can do with a little media exposure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little. It's idle. A monster. <laughs> yeah. I idle in its heyday too. Absolutely. Sure. Exactly. So Sebastian, you mentioned something a couple minutes ago, and I kind of want to round out our discussion for today with that point. You said now is the time to start a podcast. Can you talk about I I, I guess to expand a little bit more on I'm listening to the show. I want to start a podcast. I have these details in mind. Maybe I'm not comfortable with being able to do all these small steps to start one. What would you recommend? Where, where do I start? First step. I, I recommend going to podcastlaunchlab.com forward slash call and scheduling a free 15 minute strategy call with one of our podcast specialists to just chat about what your ideas are and see if it's even realistic for you to start a show because podcasting is not for everyone. You've got to have a strong why, specifically how we screen clients out on whether or not we're going to work with them or not. The why has to be clearly defined. They have to be excited about what they're doing. They have to have a vision or be completely open to us creating from a blank canvas. But if, if you don't want any help, then I would, I'd recommend, you know, downloading Anchor 
you know, mm -hmm. go download Anchor and sign up for an Anchor account. If you want to, if you want help, either way, you want to do Anchor and you, you want us to help you, either way, I think it's good to get on the phone with a professional and at least find out if your ideas are realistic. Once you've figured that out, then it's like, okay, which direction are we going to go? Are we going to have somebody help us with the production, the editing, getting the show off the ground, and then we take over? Or are they just going to show us what to do and we'll take over from the get? I mean, you need to figure out what that plan is, and that's what the 15-minute discovery call does. And, you know, Podcast Launch Lab, you mentioned going to their website. What are some other ways that people can connect with you and your brand to be able to start exploring podcasting and maybe making that jump? Connect with me on LinkedIn. The, the link will be in the show notes, pun intended. And um, you can also send me a DM on uh Inst on uh, Instant Messenger, good Lord. On uh, Instagram, it's uh, at Seb Rusk. That's in the show notes too. Google Sebastian Rusk. It's not too hard to track me down and find me. Um, and then we'll, we can you know, have a conversation and see, you know, which, what, what you, you know, what's realistic for you. Great, great. So folks, yeah, as Sebastian mentioned, we'll put those links in the show notes. Sebastian, any parting thoughts on where you think podcasting is going to be in five years? Looking in your crystal ball? explosive <laughs> what's going to happen is every office is going to have a podcast studio agreed or you know the first move in a, a deal we're working on right now is that we're in a co-working space here in miami and they've got 12 locations across the u.s so we're in the process of putting podcast studios in each of those locations and then having access to all the members that are in there by being able to have a branded quest workspaces podcast studio in each location so I believe that's going to be a common, very, very common. Staples has already started to do it. They're selling podcast equipment. They have a podcast studio. Some of them do. So this is the new norm as far as like radio studios and what radio is. And radio is just, I turned on the radio this morning and I heard an ad. I wanted to listen to like Paul and Ron this morning. Well, just Paul. But um, I was in the middle of an ad and I thought, you know what, radio? You let me down every single time. And you'll continue to. In fact, radio, I don't like you. And we're breaking up. <laughs> we found someone younger, sleeker, someone right. who can right. satisfy our needs. Right, yes. right. <laughs> Easily accessible. Absolutely. Right. right, right, right. Exactly. We don't have to wait for the, well, I don't have to wait till 6 a.m. for the morning show to come on. I can, you know, pull up my favorite content and go from there. Yep. You just look at it. I mean, I go to sleep with podcasts. I listen to podcasts when I'm, you know, um, when I'm in the car. Again, it's the convenience of being able to, to consume the content whenever you want, I believe, is the powerful part. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the, the new economy, right? Yes, absolutely. The, the new normal, which has been a, a term that, uh, that uh, has been pretty frequently used. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you once again for joining us. Thanks, Jeff, for hosting. Uh, you're a great host. And uh, Sebastian, you're, you've been a great guest. A lot of information has been shared with here today. We have a lot of show notes this time. We have two episodes. So if you haven't listened to the other episode, make sure you listen to the first one. Um, we want to... What, what was it? Final parting? I had something on the tip of my tongue. Oh, that was, yeah. Listen, if you're going to start it, you know, figure it <laughs> out what that looks like. And to just remember that it takes longer than you think. And that's with any project or anything worth doing. It Absolutely. takes grit and it takes commitment. It takes your camera turning off <laughs> um, to be able to, to, to be able to have a podcast. So it's no walk in the park. It's no easy breezy. You know, it is work as yeah. is anything worth doing. So just remember that it takes longer than you think. Thanks everybody for joining us today on Risen Inbound's Inbound Academy podcast. We are thrilled to be sharing this information and having guests such as Sebastian join us each and every week. 
be on the lookout for upcoming episodes and make sure to follow us on social media under Risen Inbound and uh, check out the show notes so you can have all the information you need from this episode. And we look forward to join you, us, you joining us again. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Sebastian, for joining us. Thanks for having me. That's it. Thank you.